What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We are dudes talking news, sports, and God. It's going to be a two-man show today. It's going to be myself and a beautiful, lovely bottle of Mountain Dew Major Melon. Just a solo show. It's me and a bottle of Mountain Dew Major Melon. That's right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, hopefully that you like, share, subscribe. Our last episode is that not actually on the podcast platform Anchor. Just a video. Uh, I was out at the Palatial Estate, a Funko Pop, Greg Walden, and we did it out in his house, and we just did a live video show. So you can go to the Modern Christian Dads. Excuse me, Modern Christian dudes we used to be the modern christian dads way way back in the day modern christian dudes facebook page and then you can watch the live video there we had a great time you can get a look at funko pop greg walden's house (laughs) whoops sorry and um check that out so anyway it was a good episode we had a good time so let's dive into it today lots of interesting stuff happening in our culture in society as always so we want to talk about that as dude so but before i do that you know hey let's take a little sip of that old major melon ah yes mountain dew major melon okay Let's start off with this one. Now, Greg Walden is a Funko Pop. We call him Funko Pop Greg Walden because he has a cool man cave. He's gotten into some of those cool collector items, specifically the Funko Pops. And he's also given that same passion and addiction to his wife now. I guess she's four Funko Pops away from tying one Greg Walden. But anyway, how many of you remember the store Toys are us. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million toys of Toys R Us that I can play with, from bikes and trains to video games. There's a, remember that one, Toys R Us. Man, what happened to those good old toy stores, right? Toys R Us, KB Toy Stores. Well, I have good news for everyone today. Found this article that says Toys R Us has a new owner that's planning to open stores again in the U.S. Let me read a little bit of this. Toys R Us has a new owner again. The brand management company WHP Global announced Monday it has acquired a controlling interest in True Kids, the parent company of the Toys R Us, Babies R Us, and Geoffrey the Giraffe, Jeffrey? Oh, Jeffrey the Giraffe Brands? Okay. We're in the brand business and Toys R Us is the single most credible, trusted, and beloved toy brand in the world. Yehuda Schmidman, chairman and chief executive officer of WHP, said in an interview, we're coming off a year where toys are just on fire. And they are. We talked about the collectibles, not just the Funko Pops, but a lot of people uh, in terms of figures collecting, not even so much from kids, but it is on fire. So uh, Schmidman has been serving as vice chair of True Kids since 2019. So he's kind of the one heading this up. True Kids has tried a number of strategies to stir up momentum since, including opening two pop-up locations in the United States with the help from tech platform B8TA. But those closed earlier this year due to poor mall traffic, which has been especially suppressed during the pandemic as usual. And how many of you know that malls are slowly and potentially quickly dying out Uh, going forward whp said it will be managing the true global true kids business and guide its expansion toys r us and babies r us together with over 900 branded stores in more than 25 countries 
uh, Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, Middle East, and North America. Sh- uh, Schmidman said the plan is to open Toys R Us stores again, ideally a number ahead of this holiday season. He said this could come in various formats, flagships, pop-ups, airport locations, many stores inside other retailers' shop. WHP hasn't, uh, hasn't yet set a number for how many locations and plans to open the U.S. So what do you guys think of that Toys R Us coming back? That would be cool. I do miss a good old toy store, don't you? Those are always fun to go into. But it is an online game, isn't it? The world that we live in now. So much happening online. But I do um, I do still enjoy that experience. I still have boys that are still, in, uh, especially with boys. I have my twin boys, so I, I'm a dude. So I love looking at the the cool action figure toys and all those kind of things. So it would be cool to have an on uh, a toy store. And with the Funko Pops, I do have some and I have some wrestling figures with the boys. We really love it. And I, my rule has been like, I try to get out, get it out in the wild. I heard, I heard a collector say that to find it in the wild. So that means in person at a store because online's too easy because you can get access to everything. But I think it would be just for the sentimentality sake of things. Come on back, Toys R Us. Let's open up some stores. That would be lovely and nice. All right, there you go. Toys R Us. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Sing with me. There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with, from bikes and trains to video games. Right? There you go. All right, let's move on. Conor McGregor, the UFC fighter, the entrepreneur, the businessman. Well, he's had some bad news. The bad news is he's not good at fighting right now. He's Lost a couple in a row. He's reeling in terms of his fight career. But, hey, good news on the way for you, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor reportedly doubles his net worth with the sale of proper number 12 Irish whiskey. Now, let me preface my comments by saying we do not drink whiskey at the Modern Christian Dudes. We don't drink in general. We don't think it's a good idea. Not a good investment of your money. Go buy a Funko Pop instead or something like that. Okay, according to a report, Conor McGregor doubled his net worth with his recent proper 12 uh, Irish whiskey sale. It was announced earlier this week that the Mexican beverage company Beckley exercised a call option to acquire a 51% stake in Airborne Spirits, EBS, the name behind proper number 12 Irish whiskey. So approximately 155 million US dollars, or if you prefer those of uh, that are listening to the modern Christian dudes that are outside of America, 122 million pounds. So what's that do for Conor McGregor? Well, that pushes his net worth to over 300 million US dollars. So Conor McGregor, things might not be going well in the fight game, but I believe he's going to come back. He's going to get hungry. I think he's still got some gas left in the tank. He's still got some W's to put on the board there. But hey, if all else fails, you got some money. So there you go. Conor McGregor, some things looking good, some things looking bad, but uh, hey, I definitely have maybe I 300 bucks. I got 300 bucks in my account, I think. So anyway, I got through, don't have 300 million, but there you go. All right, moving on. Hey, we are, you know, we're not journalists here at the Modern Christian Dudes. We are not official reporters, although we report, talk about the news. And one of the things that we talk about is Tesla. And here we go. I have to be honest, okay? I'm the guy who's always hyping up, talking good, just speaking lovely things about Tesla all the time. Uh, And here we go. I'm very disappointed to report this. Tesla autopilot safety under investigation after violent crash, NHTSA says, 
The U.S. government's Highway Safety Agency is sending a team to Detroit to investigate a crash involving a Tesla that drove beneath a semi-trailer. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says Monday night that a special crash investigation team will go to the city to investigate the violent crash. Two people were critically injured in the crash. So, hey, I'm not trying to make fun of things here. That happened last Thursday on the city's southwest side. The crash circumstances are similar to two others in Florida in which Teslas drove beneath tractor trailers causing two deaths in both crashes in 2016 and 2019. The cars were being driven while using Tesla's autopilot, partially automated driving software. Detroit Police Sergeant Nicole Kirkwood could not say if the Tesla driver was using the company's autopilot or full self-driving software. It's still under the investigation, she said. A message was left Monday night seeking the comment, seeking comment from Tesla. The Palo Alto, California-based company has said previously that autopilot and full self-driving are driver assistant systems that the driver must be ready to intervene at all times. Okay, so I know you're, some of you are on the side of, hey, self-driving cars, not ready for that, don't want that. I'm on the side that says, yes, we want, I, I want it. And so here's an article that's going to give fuel to the fire of those that are like, see, see, Pastor Jeremiah, people are wrecking, people are getting hurt, dying. Uh, we shouldn't have this. So I guess here's what I'd say with a grain of salt is that, listen, there are now a number and quite a number. Uh, how many Tesla cars are there in America? Actually, I got uh, Alexa over there. Let's ask Alexa, how many Tesla cars are there in America? Let's see if she knows. Alexa, how many Tesla cars are there in America? Here's something I found on the web. Okay. According to CNN.com, Tesla announced Tuesday that it sold 55,840 Model 3s in the third quarter, nearly all of which went to American customers. Okay, well, okay, she just said, I don't know if you heard that or not, but it said 50, just in, the, in, the, in the last quarter, 55,000 cars. So we now know that there are thousands thousands of Tesla cars in America. They're not, not super common yet. I mean, the town I live in, I probably have seen a handful at the most. Okay. But they're not wrecking all over the place. So this per percentage of, of crashing is, is small. Okay. There's more, again, there's more regular drivers crashing than Tesla cars. So anyway, grain of salt. There you go. I, I'm reporting. Okay. I'm not just, you see, I'm not going to just report the good of Tesla willing to report the bad. So, um, Yes, there's probably some things that still need to be worked out. And listen, Tesla is saying the fully full automation is not quite there yet. So you can't just like I would like to do. Um, well, this is going back to my days when I had to drive from California to Nebraska, which is like 21, 22 hour trip. Man, there were times I was like, this would be so nice if I, if I had a self-driving car. I could just take a nap, just wake up like three hours later, four hours later, you know, that kind of thing. You can't do that yet. Maybe one day, but there we go. All right. How about some good news here? Sports news, because we're dudes talking news, sports and God. This made big, big news. This was the big headline. Monday was that Drew Brees retires from the NFL after 20 seasons and uh, give you the most. And I'm going to share with you some of his most impressive feats slash statistics. Drew Brees announced his retirement from the NFL on Sunday, and it will be shoo-in to be a first ballot Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinee in 2026. In 20 NFL seasons, five with San Diego Chargers, 15 with the New Orleans Saints, Breeze posted 
a bunch of impressive stats. Here are a few. 5,000. For nearly three decades, Dan Marino's 5,084 yards from the 1984 season was the single season passing yardage benchmark. It was a record that stood for 27 years until Breeze broke it in 2011 with 5,476 yards. Uh, two years later, Peyton Manning set the record. In total, Breeze has five 5,000 yard passing efforts accounting for five of the 11 top passing yardage seasons in NFL history. No other quarterback has more than one 5,000 yard passing season. So that's big statistic there. 67.7 Breeze career completion percentage is the highest among quarterbacks who have played more than four seasons. The next highest total for a quarterback who played for at least 10 seasons, excuse me, is Chad Pennington's 66%. Breeze owns six of the top nine uh, single season completion percentage totals in NFL history. His 74.4 from 2018 is the NFL record. Uh, moving on, this is the big one. I think uh, a lot of people will definitely hype up. 80,358 Breeze is currently the NFL's all-time career passing yardage leader, though Tom Brady, 79,204, should surpass him in 2021. The same could also be said for Breeze's record, 7,142 completions. Brady currently has 6,778. Breeze's 571 career touchdown passes are second only to Brady's 581. These two distance themselves significantly from the next two on the career passing touchdown list. Peyton Manning has 539. Brett Favre has 508. So you could go on and on and on. I think it's safe to say he is a Hall of Famer. I think it's safe to say that he is one of the greatest of all time. But what I found interesting was many people were debating, you know, is he top five of all time? Because I think I think it's safe to say, although some of us don't want to come to the confession of that, is that we have to put TB12, Tom Brady, as the GOAT, right? He's the GOAT. And then I think along with that, we start throwing in there Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, uh, who, who else do we put in there? Come throw some names at, out there to me. And, uh, you know, and, and then we start getting in tiers of John Elway, uh, you know, uh, and then old school guys that I've never really seen before. Terry Bradshaw and uh, who else there? Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I already said Peyton Manning, didn't I there? Dan Marino. So we start getting into these hosts of other guys, and the big debate is where does he land? Is he top five? Is he top 10? Is he top 15? Um, so I would, because a lot of people were arguing this, he played in the same era and time frame roughly as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and he was the third best quarterback of kind of that time. He was never like the top guy. So I would not put him in the top five. I would not. I would, uh, and as I go through it, because I put guys, I'd have to really study this, but I would definitely put Brady above him. I would put Montana above him. I would put Peyton Manning above him. I would put John Elway above him, maybe potentially Brett Favre above him. I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of quarterbacks that when you start really listing out the great, because I don't know, like Unitas and Bradshaw and all these guys I didn't watch play, Dan Marino. So I maybe he's towards the latter part of the top 10 definitely top 12. I don't know. He definitely has the statistics. I think what hurts him is he only has the one championship. And number two, he played in an era where it's very pass friendly. So a lot of those yards, uh, yardage markers uh, are very impressive. 
but it's definitely a day and age. You can't hit the porter, quarterback. You can't pressure them. And so it's much easier to get significant amount more passing yards. So what say you modern Christian dudes across the land, across the world, where does Drew Brees land on your all time NFL quarterback list? And I think for me, my all time favorite quarterback, ugh, I'm I'm, ta- I'm taking like John Elway. I don't know a lot like John Elway pops in my mind because I did kind of follow the Broncos there for a while. And, uh, you know, no argument for TB12. Tom Brady. There you go, guys. Dude's talking new sports and God. Let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of spiritual talk. Man, I better, maybe I should take one more sip of the uh, Mountain Dew Major Melon before we get into this one. Oh, yeah. Nothing like the Major Melon. Very good. Continues to grow on me. All right. Well, I'm not going to dive into the minutia of this because this could be very argumentative, but I think this is rather interesting. The Vatican decreed Monday that the Catholic Church won't bless same-sex unions since God cannot bless sin. Wow. What a big statement. What a bold statement because in today's culture, specifically in America, we have come to embrace uh, whatever identity you would uh, position yourself in, and we're just, you know, em- embrace, accept anything. So, very bold proclamation that comes out of the Catholic Church that says uh, that, that they won't bless same sex unions since God cannot bless sin. So, uh, where do we land here? Now, this is the internet. So, man, this could get me in big, big trouble. Listen, I do not believe that uh, I, I come in agreement with that. I don't think that is a lifestyle that God blesses. But I do want to talk about the overall concept. And I think it can't be said any better. The one phrase is that God cannot bless sin. God cannot bless sin. And, you know, this show, this podcast exists to encourage to entertain modern Christian dudes all across the world, but to specifically speak life and hope to modern Christian dudes. And listen, we understand as modern Christian dudes, we have our own set of struggles. We have things that we are working through. We are not sinless beings. We are sinners. We are sinful by nature. And it seems to be something that we just are going to have to wrestle with until we take that last breath and we step into eternity with Jesus Christ. But I just want to continue to, you know, that phrase, God cannot bless sin. And I want that phrase to emanate in my mind. I want that to be a reminder uh, on a daily basis for me that when I am sinning, what is sinning? It it, it is I'm I'm doing things that God doesn't want me to do. Uh, I'm doing things that are not beneficial, that are not fruitful for my life. And you know, let's talk about sin a little bit. What, what, what's the core, the core foundation of sin? Um, sin at its core, what does it do? It, it separates us from God. It removes us. It, it takes us farther away from God rather than closer to God. So what are we trying to do as modern Christian dudes? As modern Christian dudes, we are trying to get closer to God, not farther away, right? And how many of you would say, you know, I want to get closer to God. I don't want to get farther away from God. So that would mean that, you know, I'm trying to keep 
sin far away from me, right? So that's what sin does at, at its core is it, it, it keeps distance and um, that closeness that we so desperately need and want takes us further away from God. And then it, there, there's no blessing it. God cannot bless sin. So when I am willfully sinning and welcoming sin into my life, what should probably happen, what we should be saying is this, this struggle, but like we should fi- find things not flowing well, not working out well in our lives and almost, in, you know, find ourselves somewhat in a constant state of frustration because it just doesn't seem like things are going to be firing on all cylinders because God cannot and God will not bless sin. You know, we have to realize that sin is not a part of God's character, you know, a, a part of who there, there is no in him. There is literally no sin. And so that's why we can't ever find ourselves connecting to God fully when we are allowing sin into our life. And then we can't expect you know, life to be full of blessing in God's goodness when we're sinning. So I, I think that's just, I just wanted to throw that one thought out to you modern Christian dudes today, that you'd think about that in our lives, sin. And, you know, do I really need to come up with a list, the modern, the official modern Christian dudes list of sins that you can and cannot do? But again, remember, at its core, sin is just something that separates us from God. So the things that you're doing uh, in your life, relationships, things that you're exposing yourself to, things that you consume physically with your eyeballs, your mouth, (laughs) you know, are, are those things taking you further away or closer to God? That that's sin, and and that's something that you have to identify. And I and I hope that you're not trying to be um, liberal in your thinking. That is, well, because that is the problem. Partially, is that like, well, well, I can just do whatever I want to do and still have Jesus and all that kind of stuff. You know, sin. We have to think about is what I'm doing sin, and it, and it is what I'm doing drawing me closer to God or distancing me from God and then realizing that I can't just be sinning and then expect, you know, every, cause that's what we want as specifically a lot of times as American Christians, we want just life to be perfect and the blessings to be flowing. And then, but then at the flip side, we want to just do whatever we want to do. And then just be like, God bless it. God doesn't bless sin. He doesn't bless our decisions and choices that don't honor him and that don't please him. So, wow, what a bold decree from the the Catholic Church. Uh, But I think it's an an acceptable uh, decree that I agree with from a scriptural standpoint that God cannot bless sin. And I think that's the point, modern Christian dudes, is that, oh, I got a little uh, major, I had a major melon burp there for a second. Excuse me, uh, <laughs> guys, is that we have to think about our lives, think about our lifestyles and where those come into play with the scripture and God's holy good word. And then realize like, hey, this lifestyle is not one that God can bless. And listen, I know the the, the Bible doesn't, you know, 
give us the exact every answer for every little thing in life, but it gives us direction and gives us life and it speaks to lifestyles. It speaks to our behavior. It speaks to our wording, our language, those kind of things. And it gives us direction in those things and helps us to figure out what is acceptable and unacceptable lifestyles that we can live. And then when we walk in the commands of God, and that's the thing as I scroll through scripture, when I obey the Lord, then I can expect God to bless my life. Well, there you go, guys. Modern Christian dudes all across the world. Thank you for listening each and every week to us. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, you, you know, um, we'll, we'll bring back the boys next week. So you guys are awesome. We'll talk to you next time. 